You're ruining my clickbait, Ben. <laughs> so the question is, what do we call this algorithm? What do we call this one algorithm? Yeah, what is this? Is there an umbrella term for scans and folds? Scaffold. <laughs> oh man, we've now we've got scanduction and we've got scaffold. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 131, recorded on May 16th, 2023. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we continue the conversation with Ben Dean and Tristan Brindle and discuss what is the one algorithm to rule them all. Anyways, all right, wrapping now, finally, part one, part two which is what the real reason we've collected this algorithmic minds is to talk about the title of this episode will be one algorithm to rule them all. And this idea came out of the interview that we had with Tristan, where we were having a discussion of what is the quote unquote, you know, root algorithm to rule all algorithms, or what is the most sort of fundamental algorithm that all other algorithms can be implemented in terms of, or is, does there even one that exists we're going to talk about that for the remainder of this recording. So I think maybe what we should all do first, without any explanation, one by one we'll go around and we just get to say the name of the one algorithm and we'll go from there. Okay, cool. I'll go first. Reduce. All right. Bryce says reduce. We'll go to Tristan next. Zip fold while. Zip fold while. We'll go to Ben next. I'll take the side that that I that I reached out to you about scan while. Ooh. All right, so we've got reduce, we've got zip fold while, we've got scan while. Now that I'm actually coming around Ooh, myself, a I reaction didn't... from Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think I'm. I think I'll also say reduce, although my mind can be changed. Good man. But uh, I think I think reduce is where it's at. All right. <laughs> now, who wants who wants to respond first? To I feel like Tristan has thoughts on what Ben said, and Ben has thoughts on what Tristan said. <laughs> uh, well, zip fold while seems like a bit of a cop out. It seems like you're just jamming together some algorithms. <laughs> Sorry, Tristan. Yes, but... <laughs> yes no, it absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. Right, because um, that's that's precisely what it precisely what it is. But also. Um, your answer is kind of the same as mine. In it's, that... it's real similar, yeah. What I don't I don't know what either of those two things are. Somebody somebody explain. And I can I, I infer that tra- uh, zip fold is is transform reduce, or is that is could it be alternatively um, with multiple? Okay, but transform uh, reduce is just reduce. Okay, so hang on a second. Right, <laughs> we, we we know what we know what a fold is. Right, we we you have some uh, accumulator and as you iterate over the sequence you uh, you update this this accumulator and you you have some function that returns this new value um, fold or reduce or standard accumulate and then we can have a short circuiting version of this that is uh, fold while right um, and in that case your your function returns two pieces of information it returns your updated accumulator and it returns like 
whether to continue or not. So that might be a pair, or you can return an optional, however you do it, or you can use an out parameter, but it has to return these two pieces of information, right? Yeah. So that's like fold, mm -hmm. a fold while. It's a short circuiting or a version of fold that can short circuit. It doesn't have to. Um, and then you can do, you can do yes, a sort of cop-out version that can take uh, multiple sequences at one time and have an enary predicate. Um, and then you can you can say you can argue that that is more general because you can have it you know uh, specialize it for the unary case as well. Right. Um, so that was that is my my the root of all the root of all algorithms because the zip version you can use to implement things like mismatch and equal and adjacent find and probably others but those are the ones that come to mind. See, I, I think we all just answered the same way. Yeah, we I was going to say reduce, that, uh, but like some of you just said a fancier reduce than yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you asked what was the what was the the most basic you know the the version of it from which everything else can be right. But we asked we didn't ask for the most generic. We asked for the the most basic, and the answer is reduce. No, I mean I think there are some subtle. Well, ben, ben, you're going to say something now. Um, I was going to say I I I think ultimately this question is sort of ill-formed it's interesting to think about agree. but it's not useful every day um and i and i think one of the points of algorithms is to be multitudinous and have lots of different formulations so you know trying to implement all the algorithms in terms of one is is interesting as a pedagogical exercise but not much more um, and i do think we've said basically all the same algorithm um in my case i said scan while i i Implemented scan while once as a as a one function interface to a to a map as a one sorry say that again as, as a, a one. as as the one function the pretty much the one function interface to a map a map being like a C plus plus stud map uh, yeah something with that interface um, so something you can iterate actually uh, think of an ordered map right so um, something you can iterate and you can take. You can take as long as you as long as you like, and when you you know it's a it's scanned while, so it takes. Interestingly, Tristan said like, I, I don't know how you formulated it, Tristan, but in my case, I formulated it with a separate predicate. You seem to suggest that the the one function returned both the the fold uh, the folded value and the and whether or not to continue. Um, that was my sort of. Uh... Yeah, my way of doing it would be uh, to have, so you pass it one one function that returns you the two pieces of information. Um, in the various ways you could return right. that information, but uh, I guess you could do it with having two separate. Perhaps it, yeah, perhaps it's more general to have two separate functions, one of which does the accumulation and one of which decides whether to continue or not. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I think they're equivalent. It's just a case of in my case, it seemed obvious to to. Put the predicate separate in the API. Um, so I did, but yes, it it, it it goes down the sequence. It does a scan. It stops when when you want it to stop. Either, but either you know, and that could be uh, that you could have a pre you can have a predicate that works on the accumulated value, or you can have a predicate that works on the sort of depth index you've scanned to. Right. Okay. And what's interesting about if we ignore the zip part of the zip fold while and we just compare fold while versus scan while, 
is kind of what you're talking about, Ben, is that it's not really useful to think about implement. Like you can you can implement every algorithm in terms of those two, but there's trade-offs for each one, right? The scan while yeah. you're going to always be building up a linear amount of you know space depending on what you're doing. And then if you're trying to implement a reduction in terms of that scan, that's kind of wasteful. Uh, because you don't need to materialize all the first, you know, zero to n minus one values. You really only want the last one. Whereas with a fold, um, you can implement folds obviously directly, which is avoids the problem with implementing a fold in terms of a scan while. But then if you want to implement a scan in terms of a fold, depending on the copying semantics of your accumulator from iteration to iteration. Like I, I remember in one of your talks, Ben, you actually talked about how the, you know, they changed some requirements in C plus plus seventeen or twenty, would actually which made it possible to avoid those copies. So if you were building up like a string by doing concatenation, you could actually do it uh, non, non or non suboptimally. So you could, I think, you could do it optimally in certain cases. Well, in twenty. In 20, accumulate was changed to move the accumulated value through the computation. Right. And that's probably right. what you're So then you of. avoid those costs. I mean, accumulating strings still incurs temporaries and allocation and that sort of thing. But it's just that now they get moved instead of copied, so it's slightly better, but I still wouldn't recommend that use case. Yeah. So, you know, you can implement a scan in terms of a fold, and a fold in terms of a scan, but there's trade-offs in each one, which is yeah, why you would yeah. probably argue <laughs> you don't want to do those the same way. Like definitely in in thrust, we do not implement our reduce or our scan in terms of one or the other. They are two fundamental algorithms. Correct, Bryce? Yeah. Um, and I mean, if, if, I think that the, fun, the fundamental difference is the, um, the shape of the, the output, right? And so there will always be an inefficiency in doing one in terms of the other. Yeah. That 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 if if that reduce gives you back a single thing, you know, a single final value, whereas a scan gives you back n things. So if you implement the reduction in terms of the scan, um, then you will have computed or stored or or kept around more information than you needed. You only needed the last value of the that scanned array, but you you had to build up and keep that whole thing around. So it, it may be storage inefficient, it may be compute inefficient. On the other hand, if you implement the scan in terms of the reduction, um, then you have to build up your output array sort of on the fly and that's going to potentially be inefficient. You can't just allocate it all uh, a priori. So the big question is, the two NVIDIA employees don't have a suffix underscore while. (laughs) So Bryce, I'll ask you, how do you, you know, the the critic would say you can't implement short-circuiting algorithms. So how is... How is how is reduce possibly? Because I think yeah yeah, but but see, I'm thinking I'm thinking about in terms of parallel primitives, and in parallel like like um, if I'm doing something like a you know a find if, um, it's just more efficient, or it's less efficient but faster. Something we've talked about before um, to simply not short circuit. 
Yeah, that's the same thing I would say. But if David Olson was here, because I've said this before in a meeting, David is a fellow NVIDian that works on, on MVC++. Yeah. And he works on compiler stuff as well. Uh, he heard me say that and was like, well, that's an oversimplification. He says, it depends. And um, actually, didn't we get a request to talk about... I can't remember the name yeah, of I, the I, I algorithm mean, implementation where you do successively. So like if you're trying to do a, if you're trying to do something like a find if or a short circuiting algorithm, the way to do it, an implementation on a, a GPU or something in parallel is to just choose different values of N. And so you do like a full blown reduction, but only on the first 10%. And then if you don't find, if you don't end up short circuiting in that first 10%, then you try the next 20% or something. I can't yeah. remember if you start from the 10% mark for, to the 20% mark. Large, for a sufficiently large data set, it, it may be correct that short circuiting is um, going to be faster um, on modern parallel hardware. But like if i'm doing if i'm if my reduction is that like i'm doing you know search in like some some text and it's like you know gigabytes upon gigabytes of data and i'm going to be loading that onto and off of the gpu or whatever my parallel processor is um then yeah like short circuiting might matter if i'm like searching for something in like a hundred or like a 200 gigabyte you know input um I just I don't think that's the common case, um, and it definitely slows down the common case uh, having to do uh, short circuiting um, in a parallel computation because that means you're doing some sort of either some sort of branching or some sort of uh, uh, work dispatch logic where you're not actually queuing up all the work at once because you're going to launch some of it and then wait. Um, and like, that's one of the problems with what you just described is like, if you, if you do, oh, I'm going to do some of this computation and then see if I got an answer and then launch more, then if you're on a system where your work and queue times have a, have a long latency, um, which tends to be true about GPUs, GPUs are bandwidth optimized, not latency optimized, um, not in, you pay a penalty for not queuing your work as early as possible, and it's not just the penalty of um, of how long it takes to send the the work to the GPU. That's actually come down a lot in recent years. Um, it's just the fact that that first chunk of work may uh, happen so quickly, and then whatever logic you're doing on your CPU, you know, those are cycles where you're not using your compute heavy resource, um, like. Th- there's not really, there's not really much point in having you know the 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 world's most powerful processor in your system if you're not utilizing it all the time, um, and and so I I do think that that sort of speculatively uh, computing is 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 the way to go, um, you know m- maybe the. Maybe the best way to do it would not be to launch a piece and then wait to see whether you get a response, but instead to split the work up into multiple chunks and enqueue them all at once and then to cancel um, later if um, uh, if you find the result. Um, and that may be a, a better approach because then you don't have to necessarily have the work um, uh, uh, like check for completion or anything it's like you just you have like this cancellation case um but uh i don't even know how one would structure that on 
um, on our platform. Um, you know, whether whether there's no graceful way to cancel some out, some outstanding submitted work that does not require the work to um, uh, have built-in support for cancellation. I think it's important to say also that so so yes so all of that kind of I don't know strategy of parallelism um, and and whether or not to actually short circuit I think is important and but in some sense it's an engineering choice and and the 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 formulation of the function scan while or fold while that's an ergonomic choice right that's that's the user wants to use this function because that's the way they think about it and that's that's the eventual result they want to get out right and if they can do it in one function you know otherwise it would be you know having to deal with the scan and then i don't know a find and, and a, maybe a something else so i think there is hopefully we can have our cake and eat it and have the ergonomic function that uh but but yes obviously you don't it, it is frequently faster to do the work rather than as, as bryce just said stop branch re-enqueue whatever in the in the parallel context in the parallel case if, yeah, yeah if you're sequential it's always well is it always I think it's always it's always faster to just stop, right? <laughs> if you're going left to right or well, right to left, well, it uh, depends. Um, if you, a branch every loop might not be faster. It depends on what you mean by 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 serial. If you mean single threaded, um, no, it may not be faster because a vectorized version of the algorithm may be faster. Um, I... Is vector is vectorized fall under the category of serial though? It, but that's why I said single threaded. You may have a single threat. Like, that's what I think a lot of people would think of as, as serial. And by, by is, that, is I mean... Sequential, like, like, sequential a better term, then? Does sequential definitely rule out vectorization? Yeah, but nobody actually writes code like that. I mean... Even, even, even if you write code like that today, every... Me- I was going to say, like, people write code like that, but that's, that's just what your Every compiler... modern major processor, you're not getting performance out of it if you're not... Um, vectorizing your code and and so you're just the you're leaving a huge chunk of performance on the table if your code isn't being vectorized um and so if 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 you're calling something like a like a reduction or a find if um on any modern uh a processor and by modern i mean like last 20 years not not really even modern anymore well every any desktop or server processor i mean yeah the the target that my target doesn't doesn't do vectorization like that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, but 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 the <laughs> the majority the majority of us are programming on uh, on a on a desktop server or mobile processor, all of which are fundamentally parallel uh, computers. I mean, I mean, obviously, if, if you know above a certain uh, a certain problem size yeah short circuiting is going to be faster but mm-hmm. i think in in the in the common case problem size it, it may it may not be this is like the whole like should you use like a you know a, a, like a a stood map like a red black trees type data structure or do you just want like a flat map that's just like basically a fancy vector um in a lot of cases yeah. you just want the flat map you want the uh Machine sympathy is the the term that Matt uses. Yeah, there's a great talk by Bjorn Faller. 
Um, I'll find it. I can't remember the title of it. It's I think it's called Cash Friendliness or something in the title. He's given it a couple times where... I thought for a moment, I thought you meant cash like money. And I was like, what? No, no, no. C-A-C-H-E. And he, I think it starts off by just like he finds some performance problem. And then he ends up kind of like, I wouldn't necessarily call it yak shaving, but he ends up going down a rabbit (laughs) hole where he ends up ultimately, well, I kind of ruined the talk, but he ends up, you know, re-implementing a bunch of stuff and then discovering that what he did was something called a bee tree that was just right. basically like a modified type of tree that had like way better um, uh, cash locality. And so it ended up being way more performant than like this theoretical uh, different type of data structure that they were using. And uh, I found that super interesting. And he did it all with, I can't remember if it was Val Grind or Grind or however you pronounce that, but he, he showed like all the cash misses and whatnot. And that like, uh, sure, they teach you this theoretical, like, you know, big O notation performance stuff, but at the end of the day, you're actually running stuff on hardware <laughs> where it's a much different story. That's interesting because if I'm not mistaken, B-trees were invented for for storage, right? They're yeah. optimized where there's a the big latency difference between, you know, between, between successive layers, accessing successive layers of the data structure, I guess. So in particular, you know, like that last layer could be on a spinning disk. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, you know, the multiple layered, you know, cache and memory that we have in modern architectures makes B trees. The, the, the spread, the spread between yeah, the, spread. the spread between mean memory latency and cache latency um, uh, has increased mm-hmm. in recent years, and also as processors have gotten faster, that you've become a lot more susceptible to notice that yeah. spread and latency you know it's it basically it's compute has come but compute has become so cheap in recent years that it's essentially free um you know when when every when every processor can do maybe for you bryce <laughs> when, when when every when every uh cpu or gpu can do uh tons of uh uh, you know, multiplies and adds per cycle, um, and like, like then to to be able to like fully utilize things, uh, you need to be able to feed enough data, and sort of the yeah. the this there's this now this very narrow window for um, how much data you need to move um, to actually be able to to fully utilize your uh, your central processor. Well, I'll say central processor then. So on the other end of the spectrum, I would like to add an addendum to the talks at C++ now. Um, my, my friend and colleague, Luke Valenti, gave a talk um, about composition on, on tiny embedded systems. And just to give you an idea of what was meant by tiny, he was live coding and indeed building on a breadboard. Um, he was driving an LED with a with a tiny microprocessor with with 1k of program memory and 64 bytes of ram <laughs> in C++20 and that talk was that talk was awesome that talk was awesome for a couple of reasons one just just to see that you can use C++20 on that kind of system two the audience were on the edge of their seats because it was really you know 
very sensitive to Luke actually getting the getting the wiring correct as well. <laughs> Lots of things that could go wrong, but it all came off and it was brilliant. I remember Jason Turner's talk CPPCom on with the Commodore sixty four, but yeah, so we've gone and done it with a thousand times less RAM. It's uh, still using C plus plus twenty. is amazing. I do think that the trends that we see in the high end of processors ha do have a long tail effect on all processors in general. Like you may be more compute constrained on a um, you know a small DSP or a small embedded processor, but you're less compute constrained than you used to be. And the the, the what's really changed has been the ratio of compute to uh, memory latency and throughput. Like compute latency and throughput, mm. compute latency has gone down quicker than memory latency and compute throughput has risen quicker than memory throughput. And that has narrowed the window of um, uh, like what you need to, like how many compute operations you need to do per byte of memory that you move to fully utilize things. And so that, you know, maybe maybe at earlier points in our history, we were spending more time waiting for compute. But these days, most processors are waiting for, waiting for memory to be moved somewhere. <laughs> so the question is, what do we call this algorithm? What do we call this one algorithm? Yeah, what is this? Is there an umbrella term for scans and folds? Scaffold. <laughs> oh man, we've now we've got scanduction and we've got scaffold. A scaffold while. I like that. I mean, I, I sort of put them in different categories anyway because a scan gives you back uh, like it's a it's a sort of lazy uh, like a range adapter, right? Like it, as you ask for each element mm -hmm. of the adapted range, it, it goes and it fetches the, the previous element and so that's it's almost a separate category to me anyway uh these range adapters are a different category from the eager algorithms like fold or you know the hundred or so other ones that will you know iterate over the whole range and give you back some result they're sort of uh, i i think I, I i disagree um i think that you're you're describing this from the perspective of one particular implementation strategy or technique and and I, th I think that you could implement a, f a fold lazily just like that. And the lazy way that you're describing implementing a scan would be horribly inefficient on certain on certain platforms and in certain architectures. In particular, if you're doing the scan in parallel, you can't do that lazy thing. So I think that both of them can be expressed either lazily or eagerly. And I do think that they're the same family of things. I haven't ever tried to do a, a parallel scan, so I, I'll... Uh... Oh, well, we, Connor, we have a whole episode where we talk yeah, about Yeah, I, I remember listening to it. Yeah. The car. Um, but if you think about in your head the um, the compute pattern for uh, a scan and, and a reduction. Um, Can I think about it not in my head? <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast, and so now your, your head is going to have to be where 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 this goes. But um, if you think about it, 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 it is the same shape. Um, uh, you, it it is fundamentally the same shape. It's just it's just a question of like what are the results that you're getting out of it. Um, 
I don't know. I I agree. Like so, I was I was trying to search because I thought at one point on the Thrust documentation they bucket the the algorithms in the Thrust what? What header. Documentation? Yeah, very funny. Thrust.github.io/doc and uh, link in the description. And I thought at one point it had the scans under the so like the under algorithms there's searching, copying, reductions, reordering, prefix sums, and transformations. So. I'm not sure if prefix sums is new, but I thought at one point I saw the scans under the reductions header, which always bothered me. And I have this like one table of fundamental categories and there's maps, there's folds or reduces. And then at one point I like kind of put scans, but like scans are in between like maps and redu- uh, reductions. Like they're like maps in that they give you n values back or, you know, plus or minus one. And they're like reductions in that they carry state, whereas maps don't. So they're like, they're like a map that carries state. But I don't know. I've never made my mind up. I, I do feel that they're different, though. Uh, but also kind of now that we have this, like, fold while versus scan while, it'd be nice if, like, I don't want to call it a stateful algorithm underscore while. <laughs> I was just going to say, you could use scan to implement a map. You could see look at a map as yeah. a special case of a scan. Anyway, yes, yeah, 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 definitely. I was going to say, I mean, I think, I think we're overly aggrandizing this with the one algorithm to rule them all because it it's not even one algorithm to rule most. <laughs> You're ruining my clickbait, Ben. <laughs> we're very much thinking in the model of like, okay, these are algorithms that work on a single sequence, a, a linear sequence, a one-dimensional sequence, hmm. and. And we're talking about reducing or, you know, all the things that encompasses within that frame. But, but you know, we're not talking about unfolds. Folds and unfolds can be viewed as different sides of the same coin and implemented in terms of each other. And we're not talking about graph algorithms, which is a whole, you know, we're, we're talking about one-dimensional algorithms in a sense. Yeah. Uh, or po- yeah, or yeah. possibly fixed-dimensional algorithms. We're not talking about... But you, you can build. You can build. You, you build a lot of the other stuff on top of reductions. What is an unfold? Uh, an unfold is um, the simplest example of an unfold that we have in C plus plus is probably IOTA. So rather than okay. going from a sequence and producing a value, you're going the other way around. You're going from a seed yeah. value and you're unfolding it into a sequence. Sure. The unfold in Haskell is called iterate, right? Iterate is one of the, yeah, a, a general form of unfold. So iterate takes a seed value and a function and uh, it gives you back the sequence of X and then F of X and F of F of X, etc. Yeah, that makes sense. And IOTA is is that same shape, just where the function is the increment function. I was just thinking about how, how would you express scans and reductions mathematically and i think mathematically you would define both in terms of summation would be the the underlying operation like there's a reason Mm -hmm. it's called prefix sum so i do think that they're both of the family of summation algorithms sorry i was just gonna say if you does that mean that um Something like a, a split or a group by or something like that, where you go from a sequence of T to a sequence of sequences of T. Is that also mm-hmm. a kind of un, uh, unfold operation? Or would, is that a different category? Uh, again? 
I mean, in a sense, it could be. I, I guess. I would say yes. I wasn't familiar with the with the term unfold, so I, I'm just trying to get it straight in my head. Yeah, it is used in. It's more normally used to to go from a you know talking about the one dimensional case to go from a seed to to a to a sequence. But but yes, I mean. So reduce is called reduce because it reduces the number of dimensions by one, right, in the data. Mm-hmm. And if we think about the reverse of that as an unfold, then you, if you're increasing the number of dimensions by one, then yeah. as well as going from zero dimensions to one dimension, you could also go from one dimension to two dimensions, I suppose. Okay. Um, but it's super useful for things like, oh, I saw a talk at, at, at LambdaConf back in the day about... Uh, about tournament design, right? You're designing a tournament for some game or sport, and you're um, you can express that algorithmically with an with an un, with a sort of unfold. Don't ask me the details because I've forgotten it. But go, go find the talk. <laughs> Link in the description. Yeah, we'll, I remember uh, at the we'll time. Find, we'll find that talk. Uh, understanding it, but um, you know, lack of use has meant that it's gone out of my brain. <clears throat> the thing I was going to say about um, unfolds is that for a long time in my talks, I used to refer to, I used to mention that reductions are known as catamorphisms in category theory and that right. unfolds or, or folds are known as catamorphisms and unfolds are known as anamorphisms. And for a while, right. I used to refer to all of these splitting algorithms like chunk, chunk by, mm-hmm. uh, adjacent, a slide, etc. The ones that we all, the range adapters that we got in C plus plus twenty three, and these all already exist in languages like Haskell, etc. I used to refer to those as anamorphisms, which technically they are, but anamorphisms, aka unfolds, are a, a larger umbrella term that I did not mean to use. I meant purely mm-hmm. the ones that are going from a sequence of values to like a sequence of sequences. I did not mean like iota and iterate, and I don't even really think about two-dimensional ones to like three-dimensional ones i like i was purely talking about you know you have a sequence of values and you want to chunk adjacent equal ones and so i've started referring to those as just like splits in in the j language that category of algorithms is known as cut which i've maybe is growing on me i think a useful a useful search term also is recursion schemes i've seen that used to refer to catamorphism anamorphism and the combo of uh, a catamorphism and an anamorphism, I'm not sure which way around, either way either way around perhaps, is called a hylomorphism, I believe. A hylomorphism. Just a generalized data structure transformation. Yeah, I tried to understand it, and I think I did briefly for like a day. And then you ex- you gave me some example that helped, but uh, it's I never stuck. I don't what that would have been. Yeah. I only remember it because I think of it as like going high and then low again. Expanding and then reducing, <laughs> but yeah, unfolds are very are very useful. And what I, I can't remember what uh, we went back and forth via email, and then it was about iterate. And then I was saying one of the most common patterns mm. is actually like a transform after an iota, like in both array languages and even in the last team I work on, Rapids. We have we use Thrust heavily, and they've got fancy iterators. And they've got an iota iterator that's called a counting iterator, and then they've got a transform iterator. And it really that... should be the other way around. Iota's a bad name. Uh, 
I disagree. I love Iota. And Ben has a guinea pig named Iota, so... Sadly, no more. Oh, no. Oh, no. Last year. I'm sorry to hear that. Rest in peace, Iota. Guinea pigs are great, but they only last... Uh, uh, some, somebody somebody clip uh, uh, Connor saying, rest in peace, Iota, and uh, put it <laughs> on the internet and use it against him. No. No. Um, I still have Min Element. Okay. Is, is, they, is she, he getting she's, up in age? Uh, she's, they're all she's, because you can't mix sexes with guinea pigs. It's bad times. Can you fix a guinea pig? I don't think you can fix a guinea pig. Oh, yeah, you can. Although, can. Huh. And it happens. Usually it's best to leave them alone if you can, but um, you can fix them, and especially if they become prone to cancer later in life. Which guinea pigs don't nearly so much as something like rats. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, I, I'm learning Iota... about. I'm learning about you know category theory. I'm learning about rodents. This is uh, <laughs> this, this is awesome. Oh well, the the cool fact about guinea pigs is that uh, like humans, they can't make their own vitamin C. You know, but unlike almost every other mammal you could name, um, and so when scientists were trying to figure out what caused scurvy, um, they now, I don't know whether they noticed that guinea pigs also get scurvy or whether they just lucked out, but they were, anyway, they chose guinea pigs as their lab animals, and that's the reason we call just generic lab animals guinea pigs now. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> Which guinea are guinea pigs named after? Uh, someone a lot of guineas. told me, I think it was Papua New Guinea, I'm not sure. All right. Well, before we wrap things up, um, see, I I, okay. Was... So, so I, 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 a final point. I, I, I feel like I shouldn't have said reduce earlier because you all said reduce. I should have said oh. for each. I should have said for oh, each no. or transform, which is actually <laughs> the most fundamental thing. Like ninety nine or let's say ninety five percent of code out there is for eaches. Yeah, because they don't they don't know the algorithms. I maybe. And again, only on linear sequences, right? Only on something you can define a linear traversal. Well, let's just as like sure, but just assume that no, because because like a four each, you can feed it in a sufficient uh, iterator that can do a non-linear traversal. Like like it, it, it's it you combine it with you know some fancy iterator or range. I think we're using different terms of different uh, definitions of linear, yeah. but uh, but that sure. maybe. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you mean by lin- by linear here? You just give it. You, uh, you just know, give I it mean, you can have a two dimensional data structure like a like a map, yeah, like a red black tree. The, the implementation, but you can still define a, a a a linear iteration. I mean, you know, you can a flattened iteration. I mean, I mean, I mean, something will start at the beginning, and when it comes to the end, it will stop. Okay, right? sure. Something that will without without a nested hierarchy. It can traverse, you know, like you can have a pre-order, post-order, in-order traversal of a tree, right? That's that's a linear traversal in the sense that it visits every element. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not saying like like a for each that like necessarily visits it. Well, it depends on what you define as the element, right? You could you can you can you know instead of feeding it in a sequence of every element in the data structure, you can feed it in a sequence of just the elements that you selected or things like that. Sure. I mean. Yeah, the algorithm itself is a linear algorithm. It happens to be working on an iterator that that encapsulates yes. the nonlinearity. 
Okay, that's that. I I I I acknowledge your point. I acknowledge your point. Well, no, wait. I was going to say. I was like, before we wrap things up, and then you interjected, Bryce. I said we were the last thing we we're going to say is: Is there anything, Tristan Ben, things we want to randomly mention, plug, or just say to the listeners? Yeah, attend your local meetup. If you don't have a local meetup, and for whatever reason you you can't start one or find one, consider consider the Denver meetup, which is a hybrid meetup. And now, having said that, our very next one will not be hybrid as it happens. I was going to say one of the best meetups out there because arguably I the, the best in sense of well, in whatever sense uh, in North America. Yeah, and many many well-known speakers and good talks that I've seen in the past, including Ben, of course. Tristan, you've got a, you've got the local London meetup as well. We have, um, we have run by Phil Nash, um, which is uh, excellent. And anybody who's in London, uh, it's not a hybrid, but the talks are recorded and uh, Phil puts them up on the, the YouTube channel afterwards. There's, there's someone got in there before you, Bryce. Sorry. There's uh, just this other podcast host that I like better. So, uh, <laughs> But Connor and I have this exciting, you know, this exciting little bit of travel that we're going to do, which I think will be a pretty unique experience. Oh, yeah. This road trip, your road trip, in the po- the pot on the road. Yeah, which will uh, we crash? I probably it should probably be a lot more planned than it is currently planned. No, it's all good. We got the flights. That's all that matters. Yeah, Hotels and you got the car. Are, you got the car know, rental. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Connor, you're going to be driving. Is that right? Is that what I'm going to be driving? He's going to have the mic. But and, you're going to be uh, driving he's... and podcasting. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We're going to at least record one or two podcasts while driving. We're definitely going to uh, get pulled over by the Slovenian or No, no, Austrian no. That's not illegal. That's not, that can't be illegal. Uh, that's not why we're going to get mic. pulled over. We're going to get pulled over for driving erratically. <laughs> Your tombstone is going to say, killed the environment. So, <laughs> yeah, you're going to fly back across the Atlantic for two days and then fly yeah. back to Europe again. Yeah. I, I want to be home to see my family, even if it's just for a couple of days. Do you offset your carbon footprint somehow, Bryce? Uh. <laughs> nope. Question, which conferences are coming up for each of us? In particular, is there a chance, Tristan, that you and I will be attending the same conference this year at all? I don't know. Uh, on my radar, I've got uh, C++ on C and CPP North, where uh, you will be. Oh, great. Well, I'm living the keynote, so, yes. Thank you so much to Tristan and Ben for coming on the podcast to talk everything about algorithms. We look forward to seeing them at a future conference. Be sure to check the show notes in your podcast app or at adsppodcast.com for links to anything that we mentioned in today's episode, as well as a link to the GitHub discussion for any comments, thoughts, or questions that you might have. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.